<laughs> yes. yes. But like, the comparison like with me and some so that'd be something neat to see, you know, the Harris Harris at the Pirates playing in, in Williamsport wasn't a show. Welcome to the Non-Resource Podcast, episode 48, the home of sports talk for everyone. I'm David. And we have a guest with us today from Baseball Together. Welcome, Brad. Hey, guys. How's it going? Oh, you know. Fantastic. Trying to stay cool <laughs> other than you, because, you know, you're in... <laughs> You know, you're just in the a, desert in oven right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is a hot, hot day in Arizona, but that's just a regular Friday here. So it is what it is. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how, what is the hottest you've seen out there? 125. Oh, is that all? Yeah. Last summer <laughs> we hit 125 in, I want to say it was in August. Probably hit it again this year with the way things are going. Um, but I will say this is that throughout the summer, just about every single day, there is always a 10% chance of rain every day. Do you ever see that 10%? No, no, it never rains. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a 10% chance of rain, it might as well be zero. But there's always a 10% <laughs> chance of rain. <laughs> That's crazy. Have you ever tried to cook an egg on the sidewalk? I haven't because I don't want to go outside. <laughs> smart man fair enough <laughs> i have heard of people putting cookie dough on a baking sheet and putting it in their like in their front window in their car i've heard like, that uh, and and making some cookies and it only takes about an hour or so but i've heard that yeah. one i've never seen it or done it but i've heard of it yeah never yeah i've never done it because the, the the dough doesn't usually make it that far at my house so yeah uh i'm normally one to be munching on it myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm guilty for that one salmonella is overrated right <laughs> for the record the the edible the, the made to be edible cookie dough is nowhere near as good as the salmonella cookie oh dough. it's terrible it's terrible well of course i mean you need that salmonella it's that's a special ingredient yeah, it's something about the eggs, I think, that make it taste better because you replace it with like an oil and then something else. Yeah, it's it just, not nearly as good. It doesn't have the same texture that it yeah, no, you gotta you gotta risk salmonella if you're gonna be eating cookie dough. If you're gonna do it right, God, you know, then salmonella it is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, this is going way off. <laughs> What did you guys want to talk about tonight? I don't even remember. I don't know. <laughs> uh, was there food? Was it there food involved too? Food, food is involved. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, this is right. way. <laughs> oh man. So MLB decided to what partner up with Dairy Queen and do burgers for the All Star Game. Well, they're doing All Star meals. And, and we're covering both ends of this meat. That sounds awful. Um, <laughs> David and I are covering the burgers. Brad is going to be covering the blizzards. Um, and we're going to tell you which ones we think you should pick. My is it going to be Tim Anderson's bacon two, two cheese deluxe signature stack burger? And does he have the Oreo blizzard? I think so. I don't know. You know, I'll double check it. I think he does, though. I think his is the Oreo. And Bryce Harper has the Flamethrower Stack Burger with 
a cookie dough blizzard. Yeah, so that whole conversation was absolutely relevant, Jason. <laughs> yeah, because cookie dough. <laughs> yes, Tim Anderson is the Oreo blizzard, and Bryce Harper is the cookie dough blizzard. Oh, that's fantastic. Can I just state, I can't believe for one second outside of the commercial Bryce Harper has ever had Dairy Queen. When you work out like that, dude does, you can eat whatever you want. Except if I'm him, I'm probably getting a burger from somewhere else. Honestly, like you might be right on the DQ part. Like if I'm him, I'm probably honestly living on In-N-Out burgers. Well, he's in Vegas. That makes sense. As I say, a guy being from Vegas, it's probably his burger of choice, even though now he lives on the East Coast. Only during the season. That's true. He does. Yeah, they do have a house in Vegas. You're right. They do go back to Vegas during the offseason. But it's so short with baseball that it's like, I don't know, maybe he does eat in and out every day just to get his fill for the rest of the year. I would. Maybe he gets them mailed in. He might have them rock style meals or like the rock has one meal a week where he's like eating double dough pizzas and pancakes and probably. Well, like you said, when he works out as much as he does, I mean, anybody who works out as much as they do. Yeah, I mean. When you work out as much as athletes do, <laughs> it's your job. Like, why wouldn't you? Right? Don't say oh, that to John Cruck because that was not his job when he <laughs> well, played. <laughs> yeah, another good one was uh, was Allen Iverson. Have you heard what Allen Iverson said about lifting weights when he played in the NBA? No, what? He All said that he practice. refused to do it because he hated lifting weights because they're heavy. Well, I mean, there is a theory okay. to that. Because, um, like Ali was not a, a weight guy because he needed to have the flexibility for his punches. Well, it's, so like, see, that's that's old thinking though. Is that now? Like, it's the same thing with like I hate to say his name, but Trevor Bauer. Like, he kind of kiboshed that right with the whole lift heavy. His whole thing was lift heavy, throw hard. But with that comes pliability training. Right, you've got to stretch. You've got to maintain your flexibility, but you can have big muscles and still be flexible. They're not mutually exclusive, and so I feel like that old thinking hindered a lot of guys because a lot of basketball players didn't want to lift weights. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made a career out of doing yoga, right? Yeah, but he's a big proponent. Yeah, well, but now like everybody's lifting, everybody's lifting weights because you do it a certain way for your sport, but you maintain pliability by continuing to stretch, and it works. Right. Well, look at the NFL. Uh, uh, was it running backs taking ballet? You know, to be more all of it. Know, yeah. You know, for for their you know for their footwork. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason behind. I mean, people may think, why ballet? Why this? Why that? Well, there's a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. It all works together. It all works. So, getting right. back on track here, what, what <laughs> I guess, I guess. We're gonna eat a. We're gonna try the burger while you try the blizzard, right? So there, I've got shakes at this point, guys. Ugh. I got I got milkshakes. It's all right though; they'll be equally as tasty. I know that from experience. Well, so listen, I guess we'll bring the boys to the yard with the AL. So let's, David. Let's break open these bacon two cheese deluxe stack burgers. Oh, uh, my stomach! And is we'll have gaping. some some baseball talk while we do this. Okay. I'm, I'm digging into my uh, my Oreo Blizzard. That's basically what you're gonna hear. Oh yeah, Jersey free was the way to go tonight. 
Oh, this is so drippy. Oh, my goodness. This is just going to go horribly and wrong. This is going to be incidental ASMR. <laughs> yeah. You're going to tap into a whole new segment of your audience, fellas. <laughs> People are going to say, bring back those burgers. How is it? What do you guys think? I think Jason just ran for a napkin. I think he did. I did, yeah. Yeah. I, I did, was not prepared. Um, yeah, Jersey Free is definitely the way to do this tonight. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's, it's, uh, it's already dripping out the bottom of it. I mean, I think it's good. It's, good burger? Uh, it's a pretty standard double cheeseburger with bacon on it. It's Pretty much. It's nothing to write home about, but it's nothing to complain about. It'll satisfy the craving when you have it. I don't know if there's anything super standoutish about it. Well, for me, it's more like this is my supper because I did not eat anything all afternoon. So, so probably tastes a little bit better than normal. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's still good. Could see that. I think the, record, the, addition... the Oreo Blizzard is outstanding. <laughs> I mean, I'm partial to the Oreo Blizzard, so. Me too. It's one of my preferences. Now, while we're, we're doing this, and this is something that came up in a conversation I had with Matt from the A-Show this evening. Do you think uh, in the modern game, can you take an injury-prone starter who has elite-level pitches and convert him to a closer? for the sake of keeping him healthy and keeping him part of the team and in the game. It's all about his fastball. What's his fastball? So honestly, that's what closers are these days. Mariano Rivera made his living off of a cutter, but nowadays the, the closer comes in and throws a hundred for 15 pitches and he's good. So the example was DeGrom. Okay. So that was um, the the individual that spurred this this topic. Degrom, you could you could if you wanted to. I don't think you want to though, because if you if you still get fifteen to twenty starts out of him instead of his normal thirty two, um, I think you're doing really well with him, because he's going to give you out of those fifteen to twenty starts, he's going to give you ten to fifteen wins, right? Okay. Whether they go on his record or not, you're in the game. You're in the game at least for. 10 to 15 games, right? It's kind of right. like like the last 12 games, the Mariners have given up. The Mariners starters have given up three or fewer runs in all of them, but they only have a five and seven record, but they were in every single one of those games. They always had a chance. It's that the offense was anemic or has been anemic during that period. So they haven't won as many games. The Mets have been in the same situation for a long time, Right. They're in every single game to ground pitches. It's just a matter of getting the offense started. And if you can get him in there for, like I said, 15 to 20 starts during the season, that's 15 to 20 games. You know you're going to be in every single right. time. And I feel like that's a really big deal. I think you've got to keep him in there. And because if you've got if you've got starters that are giving up too many runs and your offense isn't outstanding, then how often are you going to get to see him as a closer? 
how often are you going to benefit from him being a closer? That's true. I feel like you've got to start a game with the guy that's that dominant who can go for a long time, right? Because even if you wanted to stretch out a guy like Chapman, that would take a long time to stretch out somebody like Chapman who is used to going for maybe five outs tops. So, so my examples given in this were, were obviously dated. I used Tug McGraw, who was a starter for the Mets, later a closer for the Phils, and then Eckersley. Eckersley was a starter who converted to a, clo- a closer. It really, Didn't Trevor, was, I think Trevor Hoffman clo- uh, was a starter who converted as well. John Smoltz. Uh, I think you might be right. Smoltz. John yeah. Smoltz. I, I always go back to Eckersley because Eckersley was the prototype of what the modern closer is. He was really the first guy to pitch strictly in like the ninth inning. Yeah. He wasn't someone they brought in for the eighth and the ninth to close out the game. He was a. Well, and anymore though, you've got your, you don't, you don't typically go with. um, No Hoffman. Sorry. Hoffman was a closer his entire career or at least a reliever his entire career. Anyway. I mean, they don't, they don't usually go for the, the five out save, the four out save is pretty rare these days, I feel like, because they're trying to save those bullets in the gun, right? Yeah. So the setup man has become a really big deal, too. Like the Mariners a couple of years ago when they traded for Diego Castillo, the plan was we've got Eddie Diaz to close games and we've got Diego Castillo to set him up. We've got two closers. These are seven inning games if, we're, if we've got the lead, right? And that's what a yeah. lot of teams I feel like are going for. Like last year, the Mariners had Paul Seawald setting up Drew Steckenrider or vice versa. Those guys were were platooning as the closer and the setup man. They were just swapping night in and night out. And it worked. It worked really, really well. You know, and I feel like and I see a lot of teams do that now too. They they alternate. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, here's a question that I was actually asked, and I really couldn't answer because it was to me a question that you really have to think about is how many closers should you have on a team? Like how many closers like do you rely on? I feel like you got to have two guys who can close out games. And that would go back to the alternating eighth, ninth guys. Yeah. Yeah. Have one guy set up one night, have another guy close the next night or have, or go by weeks. I don't know because um, one of the things I hate the four out save because especially at the big league level, if you let big league hitters see a guy too many times, see too many of those pitches cross the plate, like even if it's from the dugout, they can basically he reads them. Yeah, yeah, they read read him. They figure him out. Like like Chapman a few years ago, I think it was 2019, 2019, in the ALCS, I believe Chapman came in for a four out save. And Altuve walked him off in the ninth inning. You know, now, it's it's one of those things that, yes, his slider was up. And, yes, there's a chance that maybe he had a buzzer under his jersey. I don't know. Right? But they saw, the, they saw his trend of throwing more sliders during that series. And in that game in particular. And Altuve was sitting slider the whole way. And he took him over the left field fence. Now, with that like, being how said. How often are you going to do that? Now, with that being said, with like you said, reading, uh, you know, reading the closers, would it pay to have more than two to kind of keep that rotation, to keep that constantly changing so it's not easier to read? 
Yeah, especially you get into the playoffs, you get into a seven game series, and you can bring in somebody else to close out those games. Like you, if you've got three games where you need a closer and you have to bring the same guy in, eventually that third game is going to be tough to close it out. I feel like, and if you have three guys who are basically a closer and you can bring in in a close game and make it a six inning game, it's lights out, man. Yeah, because you know, they figure, like you said, if you got two closers, to me, two, you can kind of pick, like, you know, you can kind of read, you know, both of them. Let's say he goes one night, the other guy goes the other night. Okay, I read, read them both. Mm-hmm. Third night, fourth night, maybe having, like, maybe three, four, five closers just to kind of throw things off. So, you so know, you're, you're about, off. You're, you're saying we should have a closer rotation? Possibility because it's going to keep changing up the. Well, think about it. How <laughs> I don't know, times? and it's it's tough though. It's tough because baseball <laughs> players are such creatures of habit, especially pitchers, especially closers. Because I feel like most closers have a screw loose, right? Like a lot of those don't guys are such creatures of habit that it's like I don't he they don't want to go in like the seventh inning, right? It's, they better not be going in with anybody on base because that's not what they're used to, right? So. There's that too, is that you don't want to you don't want to be mixing these guys up so much that they're thrown off that like he's coming in the sixth or seventh inning when he's not used to coming when he's only used to coming in the ninth, you know that might not be enough time for him to go through his routine gotcha. to mentally prepare things like that. So you do run into a little bit of a problem I feel like with that. And if you let that if you get that closing rotation being too big, then he's not going to see enough time. He's not going to get enough reps, right? Because your closer sometimes is only going to come out what maybe three games a week, and if yeah. he's only coming out one game a week, That's... you're messing him up. Makes sense. Yeah, it's not, so it's it's, not it's, a, bad it's a strange balance. It's a strange balance, right? It's an interesting one because, like you said, you got to have the right reps, or he's mm-hmm. just going to be out there. Just like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and your middle relievers, your middle relievers are used to coming in in the sixth, seventh inning, right? Or coming in to put out fires. That's not your closer's job. Your closer might be coming in once a month with runners on first and second trying to get a four-out save or a five-out save. But that's not something they're used to. Yeah. So you have guys who specialize in putting out fires, guys who specialize in keeping guys off base and getting everybody out. It's baseball, man. It's baseball, Susan. You always got to find, like you said, that balance to kind of keep everything rolling. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that it's so hard putting together a roster. It's because you got to find out where everybody fits. And you I think David's probably skewed up. Go ahead. I was oh. gonna say I think David's probably ready to fit this next burger in his mouth. So <laughs> do it. I've got a well, cookie dough shake sitting here waiting for me. Well, Russ, so we, uh, everybody has a screw loose. <laughs> closers especially to me like you remember brian wilson for the um for the giants that dude was I hate that. yeah <laughs> oh, that's fine but that dude was crazy like he was on crazy. a different level crazy well crazy in sports, and it might have been a character i don't know it might it might have been a character i don't know but anyway. goaltenders in hockey are crazy Woo. That's got some back heat to it. Yeah. It's not a bad back heat. Um, it's a nice heat. It's definitely, I would say, probably a 
a buffalo type sauce. Yeah, I was just gonna say mm -hmm. it was it was like a buffalo tang to it. So I think Brad's concern about being a cream based sauce is null and void. Is it? Because usually, like McDonald's, their um, their spicy sauce is mayo based. So I don't eat that. Jason, you said you thought it was going to be hot for the sake of being hot. It's not hot for the sake of being hot. It is. It is. It's hot, but mm -hmm. it's not in in offensive kind of heat. Um, it's hot, but it's not like you're going to self combust. Like how some burgers I'd put it at the heat. I'd put the sauce at like a, if it was a wing sauce, I would put this at like a medium. Okay. Yeah, I would say that. I'd it's say got a medium. nice, there's a zing to it more than, it's hot, but it's got a zing more than it does a spice. It's zest. Zesty. It's not overwhelming. It's not overwhelming. Cool. Like you constantly need to take a drink. Like you don't have to drink a gallon of water. Yeah, it's just it, it it has a nice heat. How does it fit with the burger itself, with the meat? It doesn't take away. I can still taste the burger, so that's yeah. It's it not doesn't take away from that. No, it, it's not overpowering anything with the burger. And which, I think you know, which as you know, some heat can, but this does not. This does not overpower anything with the burger. It actually, adds adds more flavor to it. I feel. Now I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that had Jonathan been on tonight, he would oh, have yeah. liked this burger, but still wouldn't have picked it. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, he he definitely wouldn't have picked it. <laughs> and he um, told us that before. I would, <laughs> I would I would say no, not being a homer. This is just as a burger, a stronger burger than the two cheese bacon deluxe. Based on your facial reactions, I would I would agree with that. <laughs> Both of you, like the way you reacted when you put it in your mouth and tasted it, like I could tell you liked this one better. <laughs> Is that obvious? It was that. So obvious, now it David. comes down to you. Do you prefer the Oreo or the cookie dough? I prefer the Oreo because this is why. Um, with the Oreo, they put in fudge to turn. Sorry, with the cookie, with the cookie dough, they put fudge in the vanilla ice cream to make it chocolatey. They mix okay. it around and then they put the cookie dough in there, which is good because, like I said, I'm a big fan of cookie dough. I like it a lot. But the Oreo is straight up in the vanilla ice cream, and Dairy Queen has my favorite soft serve vanilla ice cream. So it's that with delicious Oreo in it. I'm going to have to go with that one, the Oreo. Okay, so we're if you're listening, we're split. We're split. Uh, we're choose I'm choosing the flamethrower. David, which one are you choosing? You're muted. <laughs> He's not How's muted. That? I think we there he is. How's that? His mic right, was yeah. up. Yeah, my mic was up because <laughs> I don't feel like having sauce on it. Uh, not just because I'm a Phillies fan, but no, the flamethrower I feel is I mean, yes, the the, the other one is good, yes. The the bacon cheese deluxe, yes, it is good, but I like the heat. So I am going with the flamethrower. Now, like you said, if John was here, despite how much he would like it, he would still not go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel the flamethrower. I I am really enjoying this one just because it has that it has that spice that's not overpowering, doesn't take over the burger, 
and it has that tang that just doesn't make you basically self-combust that you have to get a drink every 10 seconds. And Brad, you're going with the Oreo Blizzard. Going with the Oreo Blizzard. I thought that I probably would. Um, having them together, yeah, I would definitely go with the Oreo. It's a, so it's, get, a, it's get, easier eat, better flavor. Get the Tim Anderson dessert and the Bryce Harper meal, and that is our optimal pick for the All Star meal. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think they did Tim Anderson wrong. I think they should have did the loaded A one steak burger. Hmm. That has yeah, onion rings have. and A one sauce. I think it makes sense that he was the Oreo one, though, right? Because the White Sox are black and white. Oh, the Oreo that makes sense. shake could yeah. be black and white, and maybe that's because what? Because there's what Swiss cheese and pepper jack on the other one. Is that right? Yeah, I think the flamethrowers. I think for, I know for sure it's pepper jack, and then um, the two cheeses, white cheddar and mm. yellow American. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to figure out uh, the black and white with the burger again, but I must have swung and missed on that one. So, what do you do? What do you do? And, and David's talking with his microphone, not in front of his face. <laughs> again, I keep forgetting I, I put it up so I can eat because, you know, my <laughs> luck is I'd have sauce all over and be like, oh, come on. No, well, I definitely... So that feel like Go this ahead. would definitely be a good winner i mean actually what's funny is this is the first time i actually had a burger from dairy queen i've never had yeah, i don't think i've ever had it I and you know what now meal. you mention it i used to get their wings all the time i went they through i went through a phase they used to have boneless they had boneless wings which i know is chicken nuggets with wing sauce but i used to get their boneless <laughs> wings all the time and, and they wrong. were really good and if it's and if it's the same sauce, then yeah, I bet it is fantastic on the flamethrower. I completely forgot about that until just now, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I've had their burgers before. They used to have a mushroom Swiss burger that was fantastic back in the day. Um, hmm. But that was almost 20 years ago, so. <laughs> it was yeah, a long time the... ago when I used to get those boneless wings, too. Yeah, this is the first time I've had any type of anything other i should say anything other than ice cream at dairy queen because the first thing i think of when i was is dairy queen is a blizzard yeah first mm -hmm. thing that pops in my head so it's not like i'm going oh i'm gonna go get a well now i am <laughs> these are good <laughs> not just because i didn't eat anything all afternoon <laughs> but like got said, a new I, favorite burger <laughs> well, no, well not just burger but uh, let's put it this way: a quick place to just grab and eat that's not McDonald's or Burger King, you know, because that's always mm -hmm. the thing. Well, that's what all we really have up here is McDonald's and Burger King. Oh, I'm sorry, and a Taco Bell that's going in. God help us all on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's almost it's almost done. They have the parking lot paved. Ugh. All right, no, yeah, so, no, just, yeah. sorry, I'm indulging here. It's all right. I'll, I'll wrap this up. Uh, so that's the ah. end of the first period. <laughs> David's going to go Hold back on. to enjoying his late dinner. Uh, How's that? That's good. And we'll be back after this brief message. 
for listeners of the Not Another Sports Podcast, if you visit fansidea.com and use the code NASPOD, N-A-S-P-O-D at checkout, you will get 10% off your order. Fansidea.com is the place to go for custom-made jerseys, hoodies, shirts, and all kinds of other gear. The perfect product, perfect stitching, perfect sublimation, perfect embroidery, 100% handmade and delivered on time. That's certainty, and it's their promise to you. Again, use the code NASPOD at checkout for 10% off your order at Fansidea.com. Baseball fans, check out the Baseball Together podcast. Your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Brigie Blue Eyes, present new episodes for the entire baseball family every Tuesday. Available on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Come join our baseball family, where we do baseball together. If you're looking for a podcasting channel with lots of shows in one spot, look no further than CKCC Radio. I'm Chris O'Mealy, the commissioner of CKCC Radio, and I'd like to tell you about some of the great shows you can listen to when you subscribe to our channel. You can check out The Nerd Table with myself and my co-hosts Eric and Dan as we review all kinds of nerdy topics on a weekly basis. You can also check out two shows by Jeff Trelowitz, the Ranking Tracks podcast and the Real Paranormal Talk podcast, where Jeff ranks songs on the album that he reviews and also talks about his real-life paranormal investigations while talking about famous stories as well. You can check out the Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman as he reviews all of the racing events of the past week. Check out Jay Bunny's Music Hub, where Jason Chin interviews various artists throughout the music industry and plays samples of their songs with their permission. Check out the A Show and By the Numbers. Matt Derline, professional wrestling referee, hosts By the Numbers as he interviews wrestlers in matches that he himself has personally been the referee for. And on the A Show, him and Chris Decker team up to draft rosters with special guests from various years in wrestling promotions. There's also the Board to Death binge cast where the Board to Death clan reviews easy to digestible chunks of television shows and movies for your enjoyment. There's also tons of other great shows, but there's too many to talk about here. So you'll just have to check out CKCC Radio at ckccradio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to Period 2, 4th of July around the corner. Baseball always has their 4th of July hats. And was it the NL's blue? I think it is. That's what it looks like. No. No, it's no, there's I no, it's, I don't think it's uh, any discrimination as far as red or blue. It's just kind of random because I see oh, that? that the Padres are red, but so are the Angels. The Yankees okay. are blue, but so are the Dodgers. So okay. I'm going I to assume it's a home and away situation. Probably. Mm, maybe. Now I got to do some research, Jason. Way to go. <laughs> making them do work now. Way to go. I'll check so the schedule I know that online, and see where people are playing on uh, the 4th of July for you. Go ahead. So I know that online, these hats have been met with either praise or hate. So I figured it was something good to talk about since we're Uninerds here. Um, and one of us is a card-carrying Uniwatch member. Why not talk about it? <laughs> um, I'm probably going to have the most extreme opinion on them, so maybe you guys go first. <laughs> Well, so first off, it it doesn't matter home and away because the Yankees are away on the fourth, and they're navy blue. So are the Angels, and they're red. So, oh, but 
Do we want to show them? Let's let's toss them up there real quick and show them. So like here's the Dodgers. It's navy blue with it's a navy blue hat with a white field in the front that has like what how would you describe that American flag on there? Tattered. Yeah, a tattered tattered. American flag. Yeah. And then here's the Angels. This is the red version, red hat, same white field with another tattered American flag. And the logos, they've made them all, it looks like. Uh, red and blue, regardless of the natural color scheme. Yes. So, yeah, the only difference is, you know, besides the logo, is just the color of the hat. Yeah. Yeah. The same, know, the, the design on the white field is the same. Yeah. The, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of, <clears throat> to, to me, they don't really wow me. Like, oh, wow, that's, a they cool look like something hat. you, to me, they look like something you'd buy at a NASCAR race. Yes, exactly. like it's just missing. It's yeah, just missing it's the just... mesh, the mesh back, right? The mesh trucker back. That's the only thing. Which, based on what they did for spring training this year, I'm surprised they didn't go that direction. To be completely honest with you, with this kind of yeah, design. but I think I read that a lot of teams hated the mesh spring training. Everybody hat. hated the mesh spring training hat. Doesn't mean that New Era cares. Well, that's <laughs> because they got their money. The problem. This well, this is the thing. So this is something we actually learned in our last interview, our last episode this week. We had David Samson, former Miami Marlins president, on, and I asked him about this. I asked him about the process for like selecting the City Connect uniforms and things like that, and what happens with the Fourth of July. And he said, "Well, with the City Connect, they bring you ABC, and then you choose which one you prefer, right?" Which is which is weird to me because some of the selections that some of these teams make are terrible. But anyway, he did say though, as far as it comes to with Fourth of July. Um, Mother's Day, Father's Day, spring training. New Era comes and says, "Here's your hat. You're gonna wear it." And the MLB says, "Yep, and you're gonna wear it." Huh. So, yeah, is that just because like I'm a, a big fan. Like a contract thing? MLB owns New Era now, so they can really do whatever they want. True. Which is okay. So this is off topic, which is really interesting because something I've noticed recently. Is that fanatics are now selling fanatics brand hats? I've noticed that too. Yeah, and some of them are actually better. Some like of them I think, are, yes, yes, some of them are better <laughs> than what you get with New Era, especially with New Era swing and misses lately. Like, man, some of those hats are so bad. Like the scribble one, we we roasted that on our show. Like it was. I didn't terrible. like the uh, the the New Era slash um, Big League Chew hats. I thought they were awful looking. Some of them are. Some of them look kind of cool, but uh, for the most part, they're not good. No. The ones that are really bad, when we talked about this on our live last night, uh, on Thursday night, the ones that are really bad are the uh, the new era and the off-white hats, the one with the holes in them. Yes. I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, someone's selling jerseys with holes in them so they can have the whole It's the same thing. It's the same company. It's off-white. It's a high fashion brand because those jerseys cost like a grand and the hats cost like almost $300. Jeez. No, it's thanks. bananas. I don't understand. I could do that myself. So getting back into the hats, my thing is I think they're tacky. Yeah. I, I think you can do a 4th of July hat and it looks classy. I'm a big fan of the a, a neutral color hat and then the logo being the flag, the stars and stripes or red, white, and blue or something. It's, 
it's still tasteful it's getting the whole fourth of july aspect in there and it's not over the top this looks like like you said it is a nascar hat basically well another thing with it is there are enough teams there are enough teams in major league baseball that are red and or navy blue that you don't have to go change a whole lot about it right no that you can keep like the mariners you can keep the navy blue hat with the phillies you can keep the red hat and then just make a minor tweak by incorporating the flag into the logo if that's what you want to do like you don't have to go and do this whole big thing and make it look tacky and weird like what they've done here and and at best these look these would be okay for like a home run derby a non regular season yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> a couple years ago <laughs> yeah i could see that yeah yeah but this does not look like something that's being worn in a serious game during the regular season no right. it's distracting looking someone's going to buy it and that's at the end of the day why it's done so what do i know but <laughs> well i do feel like though like as fans and people who appreciate uniforms like I feel like we have a pulse of what people like and like people are going to buy these, right? Like this is right up somebody's alley. Somebody saw this one's like, yes, I love that hat. I can't wait to buy it. They bought it as soon as it was released. Like there are people who do that, but I feel like the vast majority of fans don't like this look. It's well, here's not what appeals to the majority of fans. Well, here's the thing with the hat. If they're going to wear this during the game, wouldn't you want to have a uniform to kind of match with it? Like you can't yeah. have, you know, it'd just be too awkward to, have, you know, how would you fit this on a jersey? How it's going to be visually displeasing. It yes. is, but as far as that goes, though, so I, I interned for a minor league baseball team. Gosh, that was six years ago now. Shoot. Um, and on the 4th of July, they changed. So they had, they were angels colors because they were in the angel system. Um, so they were navy blue and red, and they changed the navy blue and red uh, writing on their on the chest. It was a flag print, and it looked pretty cool because it was really subtle. It worked really well, but the rest of the uniform was white. And I think the numbers were flag print on the back as well. Okay. So like it all worked. It looked good. It was sharp. It was subtle. In fact, if you were, it was a single level, like a single concourse stadium, and if you were in the back of the the regular seating you couldn't tell the difference to be honest with you so i feel like they could do that and it would be fine but and and let's i mean be let's be serious here if they had a matching uniform for this hat it's gonna look and i think it's a term you used with the colorado rockies city connect jersey it's gonna look like a men's travel softball team yes it does (laughs) look like a beer league softball team or a u12 travel team yeah, absolutely. Because, but this is the other thing: is that the players, I think, don't really care. To be honest with you, I don't think they always. <laughs> they care. get paid either way. They get paid either way, and I think the thing that they like is that they get to mix it up in subtle ways to get to wear different cleats. They'll probably get to use different bats, wear different batting gloves, wear different arm sleeve, right? Stuff like that. They get to mix it up, and I think it's kind of like what they talk about in the NFL every year: is that they don't really care what the reason is. They just like to wear get getting. They just like to get to wear something different every day. Yeah. So I, I think you know, that's honestly wear, what it comes down to for the players too. 
And, you know, if they wear it, people are going to buy it, too. I don't know they necessarily care about that because people are going to buy stuff anyway. Well, I'm just saying, like, if somebody sees, oh, my, you know, their favorite player, hey, he's wearing it, I'm going to wear it. I mean, it's to me, it's bigger than that. I mean, there's a whole Jersey like collecting world out there where people are going to buy the Jersey more so because they're completists and they collect these things. That's, that's why Nike does city connect for MLB and city connect for NBA. And I don't know how many different NBA jerseys uh, Nike does for each team, but, but it's more so for the collector than it is the average fan. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest hangups with Nike is you don't need all these jerseys, but obviously someone buys them. So well and one thing I do feel like I feel like with baseball though, since they play so many games, it works. Right? Because you've got like like the Mariners, for instance, I I know I always go back to them, but they're my team, so I watch them all the time. Um, but they've got their home whites, their home their road grays, plus they have alternate navy. They have alternate teal, and then they have their Sunday creams, which are uh, the old school blue and yellow. So they've got five different jerseys that they can wear, and I think it helps to mix it up. As somebody who played an entire summer, like we played like 60 games in like two and a half months one time, or less than that, I think, uh, when I was 16. We had a whole bunch of different options and it was nice not having to go to the ballpark every day and just wear the whites whether it was home or away right the more options you have the more fun it is to go put that on put those different uniforms on and come out looking like a different team every single day it breaks up the monotony so i think i I think players really like that part of it too i mean going back to my favorite team i think the phils need just a, a refresh They've had this current look for 30 years. It's time to switch it up to something. I feel I, the same I'm a big Seattle. proponent of going back to the maroon, but we don't have to go back to the powder blue. Let's We can do a maroon with a navy, mm. and I think that would look really sharp. That would look really sharp. That would be awesome. I think Seattle needs to make th- mix things up, too. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I think uh, it calls for an entire uniform overhaul to get the stink off from the last 20 years. But you know what, like that, that's one of those weird superstitious things that can turn a team around, though, too. I saw with the Utah Jazz, the year they went from, the first time they went from the purple and gold to the mountain jersey, they made it to the finals that year. Like, it was the weirdest thing that my friends and I, we were all like really, really young. I was living in Utah at the time. We're like, it has to be the uniforms. It's got to be the uniforms. I can't think of what else. This team is just as good this year as they were last year. It's got to be the uniforms when really they were way better. But anyway, yeah, that's (laughs) it felt like one of those things. (laughs) The mailman and the accountant. Yes. (laughs) And the trash. Because I'm I'm sorry. John Stockton looked like an accountant out there talking smack and just he and Kyle Tucker. He and Kyle Tucker look like accountants. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Uh, uniforms can do that just to spark a team. You know? Yeah, I feel like they can. But hey, who knows what's going to happen with this? I mean, who knows? They might be able to make a jersey of this. Who knows? Let's, let's, let's hope not. Well, we can hope not, but you know, some marketing guy is going <laughs> to be sitting there like, Let's try something different. Let's try to make this into a jersey to match. But then, like you said, collectors will buy it because those jersey collectors will 
try to find anything. You know what though? One la- one last thing before we end this. Going back to what you're saying about how the uh, how the collectors will buy all of them just so they can complete their collection, right? Like, yeah. so I'm going. I live in Arizona. I think we established earlier, but being a Mariners fan, I'm going up to Seattle later this summer to to go to a game, and. I've been debating, do I want to get a jersey on this trip just to buy from the stadium just because I can? Or do I want to wait until next year when they potentially come out with a City Connect? Because I feel like that's like the cheapo average fan is like, do I want to buy it now or do I want to wait till later? I don't know. But I, I think that's inside. that's that's the thing that us as fans do deal with. I mean, like, I've been honest. I've said it on the show and I've said it to you personally numerous times. I, I bought my last three jerseys, Majestic Deadstock on fan on Fanatics, where they were deeply reduced. Because yeah. I can justify thirty bucks on a replica jersey. I mm-hmm. can't justify two hundred on a Nike replica jersey. Well, so the one thing that's crazy <laughs> is here at Chase Field in Arizona, you can get a jersey straight from the clubhouse. They have a they have a shop on the concourse that is like I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's something to do with like stuff straight from the clubhouse they have helmets they have balls signed by every single player who's come through that clubhouse they have bats that have pine tar on them because they've been used and they also have jerseys that have no names on them for 75 dollars and those are clubhouse jerseys for 75 bucks i'm surprised you haven't snagged one just to have i'm not a diamondbacks fan no (laughs) but i mean that's that's a cool that's a cool piece of memorabilia. I've have. come really close a lot of times. I mean, hell, and I part mean, of, I, so part of it is I don't really have anywhere to display it because I'd want to either, I'd want to display it if I'm not wearing it because I probably wouldn't wear it. But the other thing though is that like I'm kind of waiting until I have somewhere to display a bat because I think that would be really cool. Yes. Put a bat up on a rack on my wall that doesn't have that has pine tar on it would be awesome. I mean, I'm not a. I'm just gonna throw this team out there. I'm not a Penguins fan as a lot of people know, but you give me a Jersey from, let's say early nineties, Lemieux, a Lemieux, Barrasso, Kenny rake it. I would have that in a heartbeat as long as the Jersey is from that era. Mm, yeah. Because I'm, because I'm trying to find a Montreal Jersey from, I want to say 93. I think it was. And I and I want to get it customized, but but you know, but for for me as the type of jerseys I have, I have all sorts. I mean, Jason can contest of this; he's seen them all. Because we, you know, yeah, I David's remember, a bit of a collector when it comes to NHL jerseys. I mean, I have jerseys that teams don't exist anymore. That's awesome. From a league that doesn't even exist, because there was one that well, the International Hockey League used to have the Las Vegas Thunder. I have a jersey in my basement. Of the Las Vegas Thunder, nice. He's a team doesn't exist for years on end. Yeah, but what's also nice is the Las Vegas Golden Knights paid homage to that. To uh, to took uh, they took the design of some of it to 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 incorporate into into their jersey. But that that's the type of collector I am for just trying to find these types of jerseys for my favorite player of that era. Because I have I have two Ray Bork jerseys. One's an authentic Boston and one's a replica Colorado. I gotta Both. I gotta chime in here. 
David was so hyped when he got this Ray Bork jersey that the first thing he told me was, it's authentic. You know why? It has the fight straps in it. <laughs> I got it I got it in Toronto when me and my brother went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. It was 100 bucks for an authentic jersey. Now, nothing was on it for 100 bucks. Now, an authentic jersey with nothing on it would be what? Two fifty, two two fifty, probably yeah, yeah usually. And I got it for hundred bucks, and I went on eBay nice. and bought a Stanley Cup patch from that era, and got Ray Bork's name put on, so it could pass as a game worn jersey, not a game worn, but a game jersey. Yeah. And for, and for me, that's what I want because I'm a fan of Ray Bork. And then I did the same thing with the Colorado replica Stanley Cup patch from 2001. When, you know, when he won the cup, name put on the whole nine yards. That's the type of fan I am with the jerseys. I don't care if it's a team that I hate the most. You give me a jersey from that era with an old school player, I'm game. Yeah, I get that. And I think that goes back to, I mean, we do got to wrap this this segment up here, but I think that goes back to just you're a Flyers fan, but you're a hockey fan. And I would say in regards to myself and Brad, and if I'm speaking out of turn, I apologize. We're both fans of the Mariners and the Phillies, but we're baseball fans. Like it's baseball. And then it's like our favorite team for you. It's hockey. And then it's, it's your favorite. Team. You appreciate the history and, and, and the stories and the lore of the sport enough that you will have a Jersey from a team you don't like with a player you may not like because you respect the history behind it. And that's awesome. Well, that's just like, you know, with, with baseball, football, basketball, if you get a Jersey, you know, let's say a bird Jersey, you're going to have it just because of, well, you know what I mean though, to a, to a basketball fan who hates Larry, you know, to have that type of Jersey of that era. I don't know. I don't think a Lakers fan would get a Larry bird Jersey, to be honest with you. I just said the name (laughs) was the first thing that popped into my head. I really don't think they would. (laughs) But anyway, you know what I mean. On that note, that'd be the end of the second. We'll be right back. For you, the listener of the Not Another Sports Podcast, our good friends, Brad and Brig at Baseball Together, want you to check out their shop at 9plusus.com. That's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S dot com. And if you check out their shop, you can use the code NASPOD, N-A-S-P-O-D, for 15% off your first order. Check out the different designs on t-shirts, caps, hoodies, raglans, and so much more. Again, that code is NASPOD at checkout for 15% off your order at 9plusus.com. Greetings, wrestling fans. My name is Peter DeLong, and if you're looking for quick, easily digestible nuggets of pro wrestling goodness in an episodic format, Look no further than Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong on YouTube. Join me as I highlight different wrestlers or promotions worthy of your attention. Each episode features wrestlers, teams, and stables that deserve the spotlight, upcoming events in your local independent wrestling scene, or anything else interesting in the world of independent wrestling. Listen in as I run down the must-know info to get you familiar with our subject du jour. And then sit back and enjoy a related match featuring delectable custom commentary 
by yours truly, including some exclusive footage you won't be able to find anywhere else. Get your wrestling fix in bite-sized episodes with Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong. If you have personal footage, an upcoming event, or a product in general that could benefit from being featured on Wrestling Shorts with Peter DeLong, feel free to shoot me a message at PeterDeLongTalks at gmail.com, Peter DeLong on Facebook, or Twitter at DE underscore talks. Do you have a YouTube channel? Check out All Things YouTube. That's hosted by me, Matt Haas. I'll show you how to make searchable videos people actually watch. That's the key. Hey, look, we live in an amazing time. If you have something to say, you could reach a worldwide audience. A worldwide audience, and all you need is consumer-level gear and good on-camera presence. You don't need anyone's permission. The strategies and techniques you'll learn don't cost extra money, and they don't even take extra time. You just have to do things right. I'll show you how. Plus, all my stuff is free. The best place to start is to point your browser to allthingsyoutube.com. Welcome back to the third period. This period is being the 4th of July again is right around the corner. Favorite backyard and or picnic games? Because there's always games to be played at uh, picnics. I think we let Brad lead off since he's the guest. Okay. Um, I would have to say my favorite is obviously wiffle ball. I don't think it gets any better than wiffle ball. Um, yes, you have to have a few people, but I feel like if you have two people on each team, you can make it work, right? Ghost runners and, and all that. Um, Ghost runners. <laughs> it's been a while well, for so, me on that one. So, so my son and I actually play play baseball in his bedroom because we don't have anywhere to go outside because a it's hot and b we live in an apartment. But um, but we play baseball in his bedroom with like a little squishy ball and he has a little bat that we play with and we figured out the base runner thing that they advance one base for every every base that the batter advances and if you have more people then you just move up the base you move up the so if you have say you have two people runner on first runner gets to third you have runners on the corners and then you say okay um runner on third goes into hit and then you just move the run over to third like I don't know why we didn't think of this when we were kids, right? Because then it was it was always like <laughs> ghost runner on third. No, that ghost runner's out. No, he's safe because ghost runners can't get out. It's like no, you just like if you get them out at home before the runner gets to first, he's out. Your ghost runners move the same speed as your base runners. I don't know why it was so difficult as kids, but <laughs> because know. it's it kids. Works. Because we're kids. You're when right. we when we played at David's parents' house, we. We would mark off like what was a single, what was a double, a triple, and then oh, over the line, anything, yeah. And then anything past the shed was a home run, and we <laughs> hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My buddy used to ask me about playing over the line. I'm like, I never played over the line. We always ran the bases. Like, oh, we didn't want to run bases, so we just made lines, like you said. And it was, and we would do that a lot in baseball practice too. Um, my coach would put a bucket just to the left of second base. He'd say anything to the left of the bucket isn't out because he'd want us to hit it to the opposite field. He's yeah. like, so then you so have to hit to the right of the bucket and then get it over whatever lines. But anyway. No, Wiffle Bowl is probably my favorite too. Um, just because when you get when you do get people involved, it ends up being a lot of fun. 
And it can be a lot of fun when people are varying degrees of sobriety, too. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, the thing that's funny to me about wiffle ball is that like people are always like, oh, no, no, I'm not any good. I'm not going to play. But then you get them in to come play. And like it doesn't matter. It's like, just swing the bat. I'll throw the ball to the bat. You hit it, and then you just run the bases. It's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. And if you don't want to run, run the bases, then like we said, you play over the line, and that's equally as fun. So, yeah, I think I think you get a lot of people of varying skill levels to play, and it's a good time. Oh, yeah, always a good time. <laughs> What's yours, David? Uh, I don't know. I played a couple. Uh, I, Leaping your... fireworks is not one of them. Oh, come on. <laughs> we call those interactive fireworks. <laughs> no, it's a sad part. We, yeah, that was always interesting. Um, I played bocce ball. Okay, not sure if you, you if you've played that one at all. Actually, I'm, I'm Italian. Uh, I know what bocce ball is. Well, I didn't know if you played it or not. <laughs> Knowing what it is and playing it are two different things. Uh, I actually have a set downstairs and cornhole. The classic cornhole. Let's because become dad, like America's picnic game. Well, my dad. And I'd say like within did. the last like 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. My dad actually built uh, a set. Uh, he had me make up a, a family logo f- uh, f- for them. And that's what he used. Nice. That actually turned out, they, they turned out better than I expected. <laughs> but no, with cornhole can get. Go ahead, David. Well, I was going to say cornhole can get fun when you have a few beverages in you oh see i was gonna say cornhole can get really competitive yes oh yes oh yeah i've seen it where fights almost started because of it jesus i've never seen it like that but okay well the art i've never seen it that level but it (laughs) yeah i've seen i've seen where uh there's debate about somebody maybe kicking the what what do they call that? The board? Oh yeah, kicking the Whatever. board yeah. to let it go in. To let, to get it to go in or to get it to just barely miss. Yeah, I've I've seen that, but never fights. And that's a game where, and I think that's the, the hallmark of a good picnic game, is you don't need a lot of skill to play it. I mean, obviously we know based on ESPN the Ocho that not even the Ocho man. Per- ESPN runs per- that. <laughs> there's there's professional cornhole um yeah but if you're like at a sunday picnic you don't need a lot of skill to play like aunt judy who just left church with a, a salad bowl you know to come <laughs> to come to the picnic you know it's yeah, like bowling what... it's one of those things where if you're really good if it's you're really good at it it's borderline impressive but it's also to the point where you can play with a drink in your hand and you're fine yeah, I actually right. seen, and my dad actually, uh, I might be able to talk him into building an extension onto the cornhole boards he just made where cup holders come out as part of the stand. I mean, why not? It's perfect. Unless it gets hit with a, with a beanbag. See, that, yeah, then it then becomes a, a target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, no offense, that, knowing members of your family, David, it'll become a target. <laughs> is that like hitting the water bottle in hockey? Yes. <laughs> you know, those you guys took my two favorites, so I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing? I got about, nothing. 
Did you say horseshoes? Horseshoes were briefly mentioned. That's another one of my favorites. I've got a brother-in-law who brings a horseshoe set oh, with I him everywhere, we, everywhere he goes. I and suck at so him. we we typically play at our family reunions. We didn't. We were actually at one this last weekend. We didn't play then. This is the first time in a while we haven't done it. But uh, that is fun, especially if you pe- uh, spend a weekend playing. You get pretty good by the end, and then it's really competitive and it's really fun. Because at yeah, first, David and I like were the at worst horseshoe team ever. Oh really? <laughs> oh we. Because I feel like so I feel I like every sucked. time we would play, it's like we get started and we're all like, "This is such a stupid game." We and we just throw the horseshoes, you know, whatever. We all miss and games take an hour, but then by the end of the weekend, like a game is done in like twenty minutes because we're all ringing them, and then it's like like everything is just money because we figured out the distance, we figured out the strength on everything, the perfect flip, and it, and they they go really fast. But it, yeah, it's a ton of fun. That can be translated over to cornhole too. I mean, once you get the right. distance and the elevation, and yeah, you know and whether you want to do a flop shot or a slide. <laughs> this is Jason's golf. got all the technical terms down. <laughs> I've played with really competitive people at picnics, unfortunately. Again, surprise! No fights have started. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I know. I, what about like, do you guys ever play lawn darts? I've never, I've heard of them, like but I've never played them. Like <laughs> I have. I've, I've never and, played and, them. And they I've heard of them. They weren't like the modern lawn darts that are just weighted with like a sand bag at the bottom. No, 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 no. They were darts. up until the 2000s. My parents had the old school lawn darts <laughs> and with the metal tip, Brad, I kid you not. I can remember my cousin and I throwing them up in the air as kids and trying to catch them. <laughs> so, so describe this metal tip to me because we had lawn darts growing up. I didn't know what they were at the time. I figured it out when I got older where it was like, it was like a plastic cup, but it had, I'm sure it was a metal weight in the bottom of it. Right? Like, is that what it was? Or was it actually like a point on yours? It was a point. It, it was a point, and I'm sending you a link for a picture of what I'm it's, talking about. It's literally like how you throw the darts at a dartboard, but bigger. Uh-huh. Is okay. all it was. <laughs> I gotta take a look at this. Yeah, if I'm, you want to throw just... it up on the on the screen, go ahead. I don't care. Oh, that's yeah. what my parents had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the reaction I was waiting for. That's the reaction I was yeah, waiting I'll, for. Uh... I'll get that and I'll I'll send it up there because that is fantastic. That is nothing. <laughs> that is far more dangerous than. But more fun. We, Who thought this was a good idea? Well, so there's a Jeff Foxworthy bit about that, right? There's a Jeff Foxworthy bit about that. I think there was. And I assumed that it was like the ones that I had. I was like, oh yeah, that's dangerous. They'll smack in the head, knock you out. Like, no, these will impale you. Yeah, and that's what my cousin and I were trying to catch in the backyard. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, well, I mean, he's worked for Apple and Google in the last ten years, so I think we're okay. Well, I mean, you can type with four fingers. No, he he was in design and and stuff of that nature. <laughs> He was That's he unreal. was in some high level stuff. <laughs> but okay. I could definitely yeah. tell you we were like twelve and nine trying to catch lawn darts. So, so well in our valley, I mean that's kind of expected to be able to catch. That you know, reminds do me something of like that. Do you guys ever see grown ups? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. When they shoot that, the arrow straight up yep. in the air. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. I was that just thinking that too. <laughs> I love at the end when it turns into pandelirium. <laughs> I did that just for you. I did that just for you. Appreciate that. <laughs> that's that's a deep deep foxworthy cut. That's a deep foxworthy cut, man. <laughs> I haven't heard any of his jokes in ages. That's a good one. But I, I think I think we're done with backyard games. Once you go to lawn darts, you can't go back. So, <laughs> well, horseshoes are almost just as bad as if you do a miss throw and it goes around somebody's ankle. Or who that. has yeah. who has scrawny enough ankles that it's going around there? Well, ankles. so so it's not so much that as it is that like you get like you get them when they roll. Sometimes they kind of skip. There's no getting out of the way because it's like then you've got a magnet in your leg and it'll just hit your shin and it's yeah that hurts. and you're down that hurts yeah, really us. If you yeah, happen to be the one who's in the way of that, I've had a fair share of that myself, and oh, that will drop you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, no, Jason, you definitely got the cake on that with the lawn darts. That's definitely something. Hey, I'm alive. We're alive. We can talk about it. You do stupid things as a kid. It blew my mind when I was in high school and I read that those kind of lawn darts were banned. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> But why are they banned? But why? What's wrong with them? Because oh, the little Jimmy that... down the street got stuck in the lawn when one landed in his foot. That's why. <laughs> oh, that went dark. <laughs> you know it happened. Banned. You know oh, it yeah, happened you... at least oh, absolutely. a dozen or, times. Or something worse that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That... <laughs> Uncle Bill tried to catch one and it went right <laughs> through his beer in his hand. <laughs> hey, I caught it with my beer. Uh, it's also your hand too, buddy. Don't pull it uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need to we need to call this. It's going downhill. <laughs> too late. Well, if we're gonna call it, that'd be the end of this third. Brad, why don't you hit us with some plugs? All right. So check out the Baseball Together podcast. We drop the big show every Tuesday morning. First thing, it's at midnight Pacific time. So that would be about 3 o'clock a.m. Your guys' time on the East Coast. So when you wake up Tuesday morning, we have the Baseball Together podcast every single Tuesday. Um, During the season, we're doing a live every Thursday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, 6.30 p.m p.m. Pacific. Um, just a quick half-hour show. We go through a couple of current events, then we highlight some of the weekend series and games that you want to watch, um, highlight the national games and why you should. Um, this weekend, it was why you shouldn't watch the Tigers and Diamondbacks because they're both terrible. That's why. Um, we also have every month, every month, Jason is the co-host of the Philly Baseball Together podcast, and I am a co-host of the Seattle Baseball Together podcast. You can see it in the background there uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. We also do a highlight show every that drops every Sunday now during the season. That's just the highlights of the big show, the main segment every week, whether it's um, our emoji tiers, which is basically our power rankings, or the interview that we do. Like this last week, I said we'd talk to David Sampson. That uh, will go out on Sunday. So, yeah, there you go. All that fun stuff. (laughs) 
Um, so some more plugs here. You can find our friend Matt. I mentioned him earlier on the Asia with his co-host Chris Decker. Uh, it's a wrestling podcast where the two of them and a guest draft and book the best wrestling show within the parameters of each show given. They are currently wrapping up this current season. They're doing the finals. Uh, and you can find that on CKCC Radio and wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, with that, thank you for joining us for episode 48 of the Not Another Sports Podcast. Brad, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Coming on, taking part in the taste, taste test and the ridiculous discussions we've had tonight. Um, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> in, the, in, in the description of every episode, you can find our link tree link. Uh, and you can, they'll take you to our Facebook page, our anchor page, or all of our social media sites, and our creator page where you can buy another sports podcast merch. You can find us online for streaming or download at anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. And wherever else you get your podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, with that, we will talk with you next time. Have a good one. You have been listening to the Not Another Sports Podcast. Thank you for your listenership. Oh, 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 oh,